Today on Women of Substance, I'd like to introduce our guest, Dr. Mary Edwards Williams. And, uh, she is an author, a teacher, a mentor. Um, she has started many ministries over the years. She is co-founder of Joy of Jesus Ministries in Detroit, a CEO of Leaves of Gold Consulting, LLC. She's the founder of Widows with Wisdom, the Called and Ready Writers, and then his lovely wife ministries and many other uh, endeavors. Um, you're going to enjoy so much uh, listening to her accomplishments. And one of the things I loved was uh, just her energy. Uh, she'll tell you her age um, on the uh, podcast. And uh, she's just recently gotten married in June. Uh, just a delightful person. Um, I wanted to say just a minute about her uh, writing abilities. She's been writing for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Uh, she's written many books and really helped others by editing and encouraging women writers and men as well. Um, her granddaughter, she encouraged her to write a book when she was eight years old, and she talks about this today. And um, this book was presented by Angel, her granddaughter, to First Lady Michelle Obama. Uh, so you're in for a treat today. Um, I encourage you, sometimes, this is a little longer podcast than usual, but I encourage you to listen to the whole thing because there's such great nuggets of wisdom and spiritual understanding that you'll gain through this. So enjoy. God bless you. I want to welcome you today to Women of Substance podcast. We're so glad that you are listening in on this very powerful time today. Um, we want to empower women to accomplish God's will for their lives. So uh, we believe you'll be inspired today by our very special guest. And her name is Dr. Mary Edwards Williams. And we're so glad that you're here today, Dr. Mary. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Well, um, first of all, we want to congratulate you on your uh, being a newlywed. Thank you so much. I'm excited and happy. And as I said earlier, at uh, 80 Eve, I'll be 80 next year. And so it's a it's a new start for me, a new beginning. That's wonderful. Praise God. It's just um, so exciting to see uh, your entire life on um, uh, the uh website and things that you've accomplished, things that you've done. It's, it's really uh, amazed me. And um, I'm so grateful that you're here to share some of these things and to help me inspire younger women, maybe even older women to um, accomplish what God's put in their heart to do and the desires of their heart. Um, just uh, maybe to get started, we talked earlier about uh, how you really have felt uh, now to leave a legacy. Can you tell us about that? Sure will. Um, let me begin by saying that God has given me a legacy name, uh, an acronym for legacy called Leaving Every Generation a Chronicle of You. Mm-hmm. And a chronicle is a story, and I tell lots of stories, and they're true. They're not fables <laughs> or, or, or or fibs. They're true stories. But so many times people look at my life and they say, did this really happen to her? I've been through a lot. 
but I'm yeah. still here and I'm every day is better than the day before. Uh, but legacy is so important to me and, uh, in so many different ways. But, um, you know, when we think of, about the word legacy, you know, if I were to say my, my, uh, uncle died and he left me an inheritance. Mm-hmm. So many people would think about money or houses or land or material possessions. But you know, Proverbs 13.22 says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And so uh, maybe you don't have children, but you have those listening may not have children, but they have nieces and nephews and even godchildren. Um, So they somewhere along the way, um, legacy in the life of a young person is going to be mean so much because they're the ones that are going to carry on, uh, yeah. you know, after we're gone. And as I think about legacy, uh, I think about what I call legacy uh, notables, uh, certain ones that have left a legacy. And what would life be like if they hadn't left a legacy? Um and these, I just want to share a few of those and they're not in order of importance. And I'm sure those listening can think of a lot of others people, but, uh, I can't help but thinking, think about Aretha Franklin. Yes. Because, you know, the movie is out now. Uh, yes. Respect, I think is the name of it. We saw it the what, other what night. If she hadn't left a legacy, mm-hmm. you know, and as I said, these are not in the order of, of importance, but there are people, uh, that are fresh in my mind. And some have been in my, in my family. Yeah. And so, you know, I think about, um, uh, Catherine Coleman, you yeah. know, who is one of my favorite people. And she's been gone since 1976. And I was thinking about that today. I didn't come into the things of God until 1976. She had been here and left a legacy. Isn't that something? She departed yeah. in 1976. Mm. I was just born again. In 1976. So she was doing this great work before I even got here. Yeah. So needless to say, she means a lot to me. And right. Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah. You know, um, she needless to say has left a legacy and he was such a young man. Yeah. He went on, but his life was full and mm-hmm. he definitely has impacted his generation. Oh yeah. And, um, oh, I tell you, Billy Graham, yeah. you know, uh, that man lived to be almost a hundred years old. That's right. And, and we're still <laughs> calling his name like he's still here, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, uh, uh, Nelson Mandela, you know, yeah. um, was someone. And then President Lincoln, we're all of the African Americans. We really think a lot of him. Um, yes. so, and his, uh, presidency and the things that he did during his lifetime. And then we think about, um, Princess Diana, who I just love. It's like she's still here. I collect um, dolls, and uh, I have a doll of hers, you know, and um, uh, a, a replica of her. Uh, and right. and I, uh, when I moved recently, somehow in the moving, her arm got broken. Uh-oh. Like, oh my, I gotta find the doll hospital. So I started <laughs> calling around trying to find the doll hospital. And I talked to these like they're my friends, you know, my little dolls. And I have quite a collection of angel dolls and notable people like Maya Angelo and Harriet Tubman and yeah. different ones. And I looked at Princess Di and I said, you haven't got but one arm, but you're still a hugger. She was a hugger. She was the princess, you know, the people's princes. And so right. I, I think about these and those are that are listening. I'm sure they have a whole 
roster of people that they would like to celebrate. And these are just a few of those. Um, one of the, um, one of the reasons why I'm doing legacy is because of my former late husband, Reverend mm-hmm. Eddie Edwards in Detroit, who was a notable figure there. And he's been gone now for 17 years. It's hard mm-hmm. to believe because he left such an impact. And that's when I started really getting excited about the importance of leaving a legacy. This, this is a book we did in his memory. We did this book and he never wrote a book. He kept saying, I haven't written the last chapter. Well, you know, he never got around to doing the last chapter, so I had to do it for him. So actually this book is a book of tributes to him. Um, one, during one of our, one of my, um, back in my widow days, I had a, a, a melancholy moment and, um, I wrote out on the internet, I remember, and I was talking about Reverend Edwards and how he wasn't just my husband, but he was my friend, my mentor, and we worked in the ministry together for 21 years. Wow. And so um, I sent that out on the Internet, and before I got it, uh really comprehend what was going on. I started getting feedback from people telling me what he had meant to them. Right. And, and so um before I know it, the book changed to, from well, I wasn't even thinking about a book when I put it out there, but it, the um, the article I wrote was called "I Remember," but before I knew it, I had written this book called "We Remember," oh, so and so nice. that became my um, uh, thoughts about the importance of leaving a legacy. He's not here anymore, but his desire was to impact his generation. Right. And so that's how um, I started seventeen years ago becoming interested uh, in the importance of leaving a legacy. And it went on from there. And, of course, you mentioned my autobiography, Born Grown. Yeah, I've been reading it. It's wonderful. And and I have great, I have great, I have grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Yes. um, One of them is that has written a book called Angel Food for Thought. Yes. That's Angel. And, she and wrote she her was, first book when she was eight years eight old. Eight years old. That's remarkable. And she I mean, actually I, had the, per, the pleasure of giving it to Michelle Obama personally. Oh, how neat. And so that was a part of our legacy. And she was only eight years old then. She's so, 21 now. And oh, so, oh. the you know, the Bible tells us a little child shall lead them. That's right. And so, um when you when she was interviewed about her book and she was only eight years old, people asked, and this is, and then she wrote another book called Bullying. Oh, that's uh, Bullying good. is not cool. And she wrote this with her mother. The two of them wrote this together. But if you ask Angel back when she was eight years old, it's kind of funny because uh, when she was doing, she was like a local celebrity because she's eight years old and written this book. Well, so sure. people asked her, "What is your book about?" And she said, "My life experiences." <laughs> She's eight years old, you know. And of course, people laugh, but uh, they said she says it's about my my family, my school, my community, my friends. So at eight years old, she had a legacy already. Yeah, so you never get too young, or you never get too old uh, to um, uh, leave a legacy. And we're actually living one, you know, yes. uh, right now. And uh, I, at the end, I'm going to be sharing some of my really special quotes about the importance of leaving a legacy. And they're taken okay. from different folks. Uh, uh, and, but legacy has been around for a long time. I'm so happy that uh, Angel actually got written up in Art Magazine uh, uh, for a story called Why 
I uh, love my grandmother. Yes. And they did this contest and she was honored to uh, be a winner. And long story short, it's on my internet, leavesofgoldconsulting.com. That's right. Uh, I read it. Did you? Well, on there, she's actually uh, talking about what it was like to meet Michelle Obama. Yes. And and so in her uh, article that she uh, she wrote for Art Magazine, she says, my Grammy's always talking about we need to leave a legacy. Those are her exact words. And she says, I didn't even know what a legacy was until my Grammy said a legacy is a story. And so she said, now I write lots of stories. And so... (laughs) She has, uh, she's 21 now in college and, uh, she's written a couple of books. Um, and she said, I don't have time to, to write any books anymore. I have to do school papers now. <laughs> but, um, I was inspired actually, uh, Dr. Scarlett, I was inspired not just a little bit before Reverend Edwards passed. His grandmother, who was in her nineties, mm-hmm. um, had, had, uh, uh, was being uh, plagued with Alzheimer's. And right. um, it was like, I thought, what can I do to preserve her memory? Mm-hmm. So we started, my late husband, Reverend Edwards, and I started going to see her on Sunday with a tape recorder and started asking her questions. And I urge those who are listening capture these moments and these stories while you still have your elders here because they have a lot to say. And I remember uh, this was before I started doing the full-fledged legacy work. I remember Reverend Edwards' uh, grandmother saying, I kept asking her questions. And she said, had I known you were going to ask me so many questions, I would have tried to remember more. (laughs) And I thought, that's it. You know, yeah. they have to re- we have to capture these memories while they're still alive. And right. so now I have her voice on, on a recording. And I'm going to tell you this, the only days that she could remember, uh, were Sunday because Eddie and Mary were coming with the tape recorder. Oh. And she would get dressed up and she'd be <laughs> in her bed and I would ask her these questions and she would give these answers. And they were so wonderful because since she's been gone and it's been 20 years maybe now, I still have her voice. You know, thank God for modern technology. I know. Um, Because now I can play that back for her great, great, great grandchildren. Yeah. We can capture these important moments. It's like when, you know, when my mother was alive, uh, I, I, I wish now that I had asked more questions, Mm -hmm. uh, because, um, I, I didn't know my mother's favorite color. I knew she liked to sing, but I didn't know her favorite song. So there's always, uh, something that we can learn more. Uh, yeah. I like to put it in a book because I'm a bookie, you know. My elevator pitch now, Dr. Scarlett, is, um, I'm a bookie because I love books. I'm, I'm a, a, a hooker because I love to network. <laughs> I'm a sweetie, I'm an evangelist. Uh, a streetwalker because Jesus was an evangelist, you know, so I'm a hooker and a, and a, a bookie and a streetwalker. And I tell this story that maybe some of the old, maybe, I don't know who's listening, but they might appreciate this little story because I'm also a pole dancer. And that happened when I, um, I bought these silk sheets. 
I had never had any silk sheets. And I thought, boy, I'm getting old. Um, now I need to have the experience of silk sheets. So I ordered them off of QVC and they came and I went to bed early that night, excited about my silk sheets and they were red, the blood of Jesus and all of this, you know, and I went to bed in the early and, but I had to get up to go to the little girl's room in the middle of the night. And guess what happened? I slid out of the bed <laughs> on those silk sheets, and I fortunately I grabbed this pole. For I had a four poster bed, and I grabbed this pole, and I just slid right down out of the bed <laughs> on the pole. And so that's my story about how I became a pole dancer. So when people want to read this long bio, I said, "Let me give you my elevator pitch." So I really um. I think I'm thankful now uh, to have my works in the University of Michigan Legacy Library nice. up here. And I didn't, I did not arrange this, but the man I married is, I was a Detroiter, but he lives in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where all yes. these universities are. And I never thought that um, when the University of Michigan asked for my uh, work, I never thought I would be living within five minutes or so of the university where my work is in the legacy library there in Ann Arbor. So you never know where your works might, you know, come yes. uh, and end up because they will, you know, outlive us. I, uh, you know, I, I have this one quote that I like so much. What you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others. Oh, that's so nice. So it's not the monuments that, you know, uh, but it's what is in those hearts of the people. Right. And so, you know, that's why I, I'm, I'm, I do my work because it will outlive me, you right. know, and, um, I saw something in, uh, Sam's Club that really impressed me. And it's a quote. I wish I had made it up personally. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, it's not what you gather, but what you scatter that really matters in the end. So, you know, a lot of us spend time gathering things, but what do we leave behind? Because that's really what matters, you know. Um, And, you know, I I, uh, like to also quote Maya Angelou. She says, if you're going to live, leave a legacy. Make a mark on the world that cannot be erased. Yes. So, you know, we got white out and we got erasers, but what have we done with our life that will go on when we're no longer here? And so that's what one of the reasons why legacy is so important to me. And I spent a lot of time uh, looking at other people's quotes to inspire me. And some of them are gone. You know, Maya Angelou's been gone. Aretha Franklin has been gone. Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King. But they left their impact on the world. Oh, by the way, let me just interject this. And you can hear a wonderful... Uh, interview about legacy is on my website. I don't know if you heard it or not. Yes. Uh, with Paul Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, and he was what he is well known, even though he's no longer at Detroit area for the agent. Uh, he says his grandmother left a bell, a school bell. Mm-hmm. And that's symbolic of the importance of getting a good education. So he's passed, she's passed it to him and he's passed it to his children and his children's children would probably pass it to theirs. 
Right. So yeah. it, it may be a recipe. I'm not a cook, so it won't be a recipe that I leave behind. <laughs> and if I, it had to be tested before you, you, you would have to test it. Make sure it's right before you pass it on, but, uh, it could be a recipe. Yeah. So, um, so often people say, well, Mary, you do books. What, what other thing can, you know, but right. people have, they may have a pair of ballerina slippers or almost anything, you know, uh, right. a favorite song. Uh, a legacy is what we want to leave behind that people re- will remember us for. Yes. So do you yes. have a question? I'd be happy to answer well, any question. I think it's wonderful. And I think you've already begun that legacy in so many ways. I mean, you're, you know, you've been recognized Lifetime Achievement Awards. You've been recognized by the Presidential Award and and by your local, your your state, your governor. You know, it's just been amazing um, what all you've left already. And you're still here. Praise God. Um, and alive then, and well. Yes. And <laughs> for the I, most part, I'm, a, I'm alive <laughs> and, and I'm well for the most part anyway. I got a little little aches and pains and a few battle scars, but I'm still here. <laughs> and then I love the story of your granddaughter, uh, your eight-year-old. That's just beautiful um, what she's done already and now 21. And just think about her future. That's amazing what all she will accomplish. Um, if you were going to speak to women today that uh, want to leave something that they have in their heart in written form, and maybe they, they can write, maybe they're just a little apprehensive about how to get started, or or maybe they, they feel like they can't write, but they want something written about what they have, you know, what God's given them or what they have in their heart. What would you suggest? How would they get started? Okay. And I'm glad you asked that uh, question because I tell people all the time, you don't have to be a writer to have a story. We all have a story. Mm-hmm. We just need a good editor. And I've been doing what I do for 40 years. And most of my work is referral. I, ha- I hardly ever to advertise. And people just keep coming and coming. Uh, and what I do, I have something called getting on the right track, W-R-I-T-E, mm-hmm. getting on the right track. And I talk uh, and it can be done on the internet. I mean, I have writers all over the country, even the world actually and uh, I was just recently told that my work is in Cape Town, South Africa. I've never been there and don't have a desire especially to go, but my work (laughs) is there. And so uh, what I tell them, just get someone, I don't ghost write, but I can, I can help them write that book in a way that they will feel comfortable. That Mm -hmm. is their story. I can, um, uh, on the website, leavesagoconsulting.com. Uh, Chan and I have been working as a team for about 10 or 15 years. I don't know quite how long, but she does, I do the editing for those who come to me and she does the covers and the, and the layouts and, and it gets done and people think that it's really expensive. I don't think it's expensive when you, so when you consider the value of it, yeah. uh, my prices are very reasonable because I, this is my ministry. This is not, this, my, this is my business second to my ministry. Right. Yeah. So my, my price, people always tell me I need to go up, but you know, ultimately my goal is to be able to give my work away. That's how much I love what I do. Yeah. And, um, I've heard it said by one of the, one of the people I quote, if you, if you, uh, do, if you find a job that you like, you never work a day in your life. 
And so uh, that's what I do. And and it's what gets me out of bed in the morning. I work with a lot of elderly people um, who have lost, you know, they've lost their desire to live. Many of them, especially if they've lost their spouse. That's my widow's ministry. Many of them have written books. They started sometimes writing them even uh, during the uh, care uh, providing for their spouse who's sick. They'll right. start journaling. And uh, before you know it, they have a book. And so I've had, I started the widow's ministry actually one month after Reverend Edwards passed 17 years ago because God had prepared me. I didn't know I was being prepared at the time, but there's a story on my widowswithwisdom.org. Mm-hmm. website. And I talk about these three widows, uh, Dr. Scarlett, that I met like just before my husband, Reverend Edwards, passed. Mm-hmm. And I kept meeting these older women. And one of them was 85 and she had a fitness, uh, physical fitness trainer. Oh, she went to the spa twice a week and she had a perfect size eight figure. She was 85. <laughs> and then I met another widow in the nail salon and, um, <laughs> where she was 93 and I met her. She had her foot in the, in the bowl getting a pedicure and they told me that she had a bi-weekly, a bi-monthly appointment. And I thought, boy, this is somebody I need to know. So what I did, and this is funny, I was writing for our lo- local uh, newspaper, the Michigan Chronicle at the time. I was a columnist. It's a secular newspaper, but I had a religious column in it. Oh, nice. And I thought, this is a great story uh, to put in the paper. So I, I took a picture. Her name was Mother Ruth. She lived to be 103. But oh. I met her. She was 93, got her nails and toenails and fingernails done twice a month. And so I took her picture and I sent it to the paper with my story. And it was called lovely as she can be in 93. <laughs> they put my picture in there and instead of mother Ruth's picture in there. And because they were used to putting my picture in the column. So right. they just put, and I was teased so badly about that. <laughs> I'm sure. and this was like 10 years ago or more. And they said, I knew you looked good for your age, but I didn't know you were 93. So anyway, Mother Ruth and I became friends. And I told I want to be like you when I grow up. So she named me Baby Ruth. Oh. So I think that I'm going to live to be 103 if Jesus doesn't come back or, or send for us or whatever comes first, that I'll live a long life. And as I said, I'm 80 Eve and I'm just starting. And then there was another widow um on there. She was a uh, Ruth also, and she was going to be 80 on her birthday. And she said, I want to write a book and have a book, have a, a book signing on my 80th birthday. And she did. Oh, so these, nice. all these stories that I just told you are on the widowswithwisdom.org website. Okay. And so anyway, I met these women. Um, and I went home one day when Reverend Edwards was still alive. And I said, I've been meeting so many wonderful, wise widows. Somebody needs to start a ministry and call it widows with wisdom. Yeah. And he looked at me and this is a, this is a true story. He, he said, well, it won't be you because you're not a widow. Mm-hmm. Little did we know he was in stage four of cancer that very oh. moment. And I became a widow shortly after that. Oh, wow. It just went really fast. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and I'm okay with that because uh, some people, he was only 68, but some people said he was too young, but 
I, I know him. He was a man with a mission. Right. But he said, when my work is done, all I want to do is get out of here. Mm-hmm. Well, he was here like Jesus for a season and a reason. And when the time came, you know, he left. And, uh, you know, I'm not mad about it. I'm, uh, I just start, I kept, I just began Widows with Wisdom and I began to, um, uh, continue on the legacy with uh, my granddaughter and others, you know, yeah. and myself. And I didn't know at the time that all of my works and I've written 15 books and Shannon's done most of those covers for those books are in the University of Michigan Legacy Library. Excellent. So it's an exciting life. You know, it's um it's it's kind of like a ministry that no one really wants because it's a grief ministry. Yeah. You're on 24-7. You never know when you're going to get a phone call, and sometimes you do in the middle of the night. Um, but uh, I, I start ministries, Dr. Scarlett, and looking for someone to take them over. Yes. But I've had this for 17 years and people just keep <laughs> coming, but no, no one wants to take it over. And so I kept saying, well, Lord, as long as you keep me here, I'll keep doing it. But I would love to have, you know, a, a backup person, especially yeah. now that I'm, a, you know, no longer a widow. And right. that's a wonderful story. Um, I'm doing another thing I'm doing now is called God is a Matchmaker. Oh, nice. And from Derek Prince's book, uh, just yeah. that title. Uh-huh. And uh, I wasn't planning to do this. Maybe you know what I'm about to say. You don't always start out looking for something to do. It finds you. Right. Yes. And you just evolve. And um, mm-hmm. that's what happened to me. Um, I, I uh, received a phone call. Do I have time to tell this story? Sure. Yes, of course. Okay. In 2019, I, uh, I put out something every year called What Would Life Be Like Without Black People? And this is a column I do during Black History Month. And I feel like that's my contribution, you know, to, uh, Black History Month. So every year since 2005, I put this column out and I get some feedback. People say, thank you. I'm going to share it with my children. I'm going to share it. And so um, I got a call. What happened January? We're talking about this year, mm-hmm. 20. Uh, oh, first of all, let me back up. I forgot an important part. In 2019, I um, I got a call from, from um, a gentleman, and he wanted me to uh, edit his book. Well, I always ask this question, what is your book about? before I set up the appointment. And for only God knows the reason why I didn't ask him that, uh, what's your book about? I just gave him the appointment. So he came from Ann Arbor to Detroit uh, for me to edit his book, and it was on voting. And I thought, oh, my God, I don't do books on voting. I'm so naive. I didn't even know what vetting was, V-E-T-T-I-N-G, I I think. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I had you come all the way here, and I I can't do this kind of book, but I can refer you to someone, which I did, and he was happy, and he left. Never heard another word from him until this year. Delayed. I always say divine delay brings greater glory. (laughs) <laughs> because in January of the 1st, uh, I usually go on a fast to kind of evaluate where I am, where I might, God might want me to go. And so I went on a 21-day fast uh, with Jetson Franklin, and, and maybe I'm sure you probably know who that yeah. is. And I go on that fast every year. And so I went on this 21-day fast. And during the fast, I started thinking, God, I need so much. I don't know what I need. I said, Lord, just give me what I need the most. 
<laughs> you realize that I had asked for something I'd never asked for before because I got a long list of stuff, you know. Right. But I never asked the Lord to give me what I needed the most. And so um that went out. Um I sent out that article about what would life be like without black people in February, February the 1st. February 2nd, I get a call from the same gentleman I had talked to uh, since 2019. He called and he said, you need to put this book in every school book, in every school in the country. I'm, excuse me, who is this? And so he said, this is Dr. Calvin Williams from Ann Arbor. And then it came back that we had had this short meeting to almost a year and a half ago, whatever. So long right. story short, um, I wasn't really interested in writing that book, but, I, but what I was interested in, somebody wanted to help me do something. Yeah. And that's what I had asked the Lord for, to send me some help, um, right. send me what I need the most. And so when he uh, wanted to help me write a book, I thought, well, I don't want to write that book, but I have a lot of other books that I would like to write. Maybe he'll help me with those. So uh, we started talking in uh, February and Twelve days later, he proposed marriage to oh, me. Oh, how wonderful! And what had happened is, what's a beautiful thing? You're probably familiar. I know. I I see books, and when I see books, I know you're a bookie too. <laughs> what happened in the early conversation? Um, I asked him, um, um, "Have you ever read a book called uh, Five Love Languages?" Yes. Five love languages. And he said, uh, no, I haven't. And I said, well, I'd like for you to read this book because my love language, you know, he had already, you know, acts of service, you know, is, yes. is part of what I do and part of what I need. Right. And so I said, I'd like for you to read this, get this book. And so I said, um, I said, I've given so many copies away. I don't think I even have a copy for myself. At 10 o'clock the next morning, special delivery, I get two copies of this book. One with a note saying one for you and one for you to give away. But I also bought one for myself. And I'd like to go through this book with you. And so we went through that book and we realized that we had so many commonalities. And um, and, and so I was... Um, I was looking all the time for the nod from God on this whole relationship, you know, because right. everything was happening so fast. Sure. And so anyway, he proposed like 10 days after our first phone call about uh, this, what would life be like without black people? And then we got married in June and here I am in Ann Arbor around the corner from my legacy works. And so, you know, God has plans for us. He does. We don't always know, but we just, you know, walk by faith and not by sight. That's and I'm right. thinking about, I had said to him uh, during one of our early conversations, I used to live in your neck of the woods because I did live in Ann Arbor for a while, uh -huh. but I moved back to Detroit because so much of my work was in Detroit. I kept going back and forth and back and forth. So finally, uh, the Lord told me just to move there. And I, never, I, I didn't want to leave, but I had to leave because the Lord said, go back. So I went back. and uh, But on the phone conversation with Dr. Calvin, and by the way, he's vice president, former vice president, retired now at Washtenaw Community College up here in Ann Arbor. Okay. So um, that's our college connections there. Yeah. But, um in the course of our initial conversation, I said, I used to live in your neck of the woods. He said, oh, really? Where did you live? And I told him, I said, I used to live with uh, 
uh, Dr. Debbie Mitchell. And he said, Debbie Mitchell, Debbie's 60 now. He said, I knew her when she was about eight years old. I used to oh uh, be the uh, her church's treasure. <laughs> so he was really excited that we had a mutual contact. Well, yes. So then right after that first phone call, that was all in one hour, the first phone call. <laughs> and so I called Dr. Debbie Mitchell and I said, do you know a gentleman named uh, Dr. Calvin Williams? And she said, yes. I said, well, I just had an hour-long conversation uh, with him on the phone. And she said, girl, this girlfriend's talking. She yes. said, if that man is interested in you, you better pay attention. <laughs> and I did. And this is what happened, you know. <laughs> so we, get, we got connected and got, you know, it was just from the very beginning, you know. And when you get our age, and uh, I'm a year older than he is. We're, right now, we're both 78. I'll be 79 in a couple of weeks. He just turned 78. So we're both 78. Yeah. But uh, I'll be 79 and he'll still be 78. Right. So, he he calls me my love, and I said, "Well, you can call me whatever you want to call me. Just don't call me your old lady." <laughs> I am a year older than he is, but we are enjoying our life together. And oh, I love that! I love just, that so you know, much. It's a true story. But what happened? I ended up doing this on on Zoom. On God is a um, a matchmaker. Right. He's a miracle worker because he's a miracle worker too. But yeah. um, so many people, and I'm really well known in Detroit and so the word got around so fast that I was getting married and people said she's the last person in the world I thought would ever get married <laughs> again <laughs> you know but uh and they thought I had it been hiding because everything happened so fast, so fast. <laughs> so I had to keep telling the story Dr. Scarlett over and over and over and over again right. and so finally Holy Spirit said just go on Zoom and and tell it you know, to everybody that wants to uh, hear it and be done, you know, I thought be sure. done with it. But he gave me the book, uh, God is the Matchmaker. Matchmaker. And it's such a perfect book for so That's many. Uh, and I'm thinking about doing one now called Love Late in Life. Because oh, nice. I have so many friends mm -hmm. that are um, uh, old, getting older, 60 something right. and up, and they've some never been married. And yeah. so... Uh, my story and Dr. Kell's story gives people hope. And, um, and I, uh, my, I name all of my friends like I named Shannon Covergirl. Yeah. All my friends have little special names that I give them. And I call Dr. Kell my crown prince. Oh, I love that. Little did I know at the time that I would be doing, we would be doing this book by Derek Prince. And it's such, it's been a wonderful experience. Uh, we have about 30 women. And, and men, mostly women. We're trying to get more men to come on, but and it's not a dating service. It's a book review is what sure. we're doing. Yeah. And I, I emphasize, and uh, it's just getting prepared for marriage because right. Dr. Prince says um, something that I so wholeheartedly agree with, that the marriage ceremony, the marriage begins before the marriage ceremony. It begins with us. Yeah. That we have to get ready for marriage. Right. Yeah. And so, um, we've been doing this, um, online on Zoom and I'm getting more and more familiar with doing Zoom. And it was a happy time because at the same time, we're newlyweds, but it's keeping our marriage alive and well because yeah. we're talking about, you know, God is a matchmaker. That's so it's right. been, it's been, a, it's exciting. I'm just, That's it's wonderful. a good time of life. Every day, like you said, is the day before.
I love your energy. <laughs> it's amazing. Praise you know, God. I just light up. There's, when I'm talking about the Lord, I just, you know, my soul does magnify the Lord. And oh, I rejoice yeah. in God. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's my life scripture. And he keeps me happy. My former ministry for so many years with my late husband was Joy of Jesus Ministries. Yeah. Uh, so, uh the joy of the Lord is my strength. It keeps me happy. You know, well, this little story, one day I got out of bed. I wasn't feeling so happy. And I thought, I felt kind of heavy. You know, all this, I've got a widow's ministry and grief. And and so I said, oh, I just feel so low and heavy. So the Lord, and this is a good tip. The Lord said, Mary, I want you to go out to the dollar store. And I want you to buy a whole bunch of happy face balloons. And he says, and I want you to put them all over your house. So I did it immediately. And so um, I had them everywhere, all every room in the house. And later on that, uh, uh, after a while, you know, those dollar store balloons don't last very long, you know. And I was sitting in this chair one day and one of the balloons had fallen down on the floor. And uh, I said, Lord, that's how I'm feeling today. I'm feeling like low. He said, yes, Mary, but look, it's still a smile on the face. And so that became so special to me, even though, I, you know, the balloon had lost its air. (laughs) It was on the floor. It was still smiling. (laughs) That's right. The joy of Jesus. Well, I want to, uh, before we go, uh, encourage people to get some of your books, maybe all of your books, but at, at least the uh, Born Grown book, your autobiography, because it is just such a amazing story of the obstacles, the challenges, the trauma, even abuse that you have overcome. And um, it it really is so inspiring what you know where you've come from and the the things that you have um, overcome by the power of God and uh, probably some determination right <laughs> but yeah, just, it keeps me moving yeah you know, I look forward to each day you know getting up I had uh, a group here in Detroit for a uh, Detroit area for the agent um, they they uh, were trying to motivate their seniors you know right. And they didn't want to eat and they didn't want to exercise. And I said, well, you know, I can understand how people can get in that mold. And they said, yeah. but they had heard that I knew how to motivate seniors. Right. And so you have to give, give us, and I'm a senior well into yeah. my senior years, a reason for to um, go on to get out of bed. Right. And so, you know, I, uh, I just might and I just, feel this way i want to live learn laugh and leave a legacy and that's really what i'm all about yes well thank you so much for sharing today you mean so much to me already and the things i've learned um about your ministry and your life and i know that you've empowered women today so thanks again for being on the podcast i'm happy to be here with you and as i say call on me anytime i'm making myself available for things i love to do but i love to tell the story about jesus and i love to tell the legacy story Amen. Thank you so much. Yes. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, 
again, we just want to thank you for listening today and uh, go on to the website, um, Dr. Mary's website, and she has some tremendous ministries that she started, um, all of her awards and recognition. You'll just be really surprised by the accomplishments and uh, let it inspire you today. God bless you. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal, and it comes out once a quarter, and we'd love to send that to you. It has interesting articles, and then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We passed our local church here. Uh, but we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So, uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. And uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.